Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here again with my colleague and one of our coaches, Sandy Heideman. And Sandy is also an author as well as a child, early childhood expert. She's had much, many years of experience doing this work. She's authored seven different books, and three of those books are really focused on play, which is our theme today. And so, Sandy, I'm so glad you're here today to share some more about what you've learned over the years regarding play. Um, you have your book, Play, The Pathway from Theory to Practice, and then you also have When Play Isn't Fun and also When Play Isn't Easy. And so I think those titles resonate with our listeners because we've observed little ones who are experiencing the play that's not fun and not easy many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So today we're going to focus on the adult role. Our last podcast, we talked about what children gain from uh, being in a play situation and a play scenario that's a positive one. How do adults help kids be successful? How do we support play? How do we um, make sure that every child is getting that opportunity to really be successful in play? What are your thoughts on that? You know, adults are so, so busy. Mm -hmm. Teachers and providers are so busy. And sometimes it can be very tempting when children are engaged in play to pull out and do things that have to be done. Yeah. I understand that it's snack, it's uh, preparing things for group, it's cutting out the art project, all these things that, that you feel have to be done. Yeah. But if you are able to engage in play in some role, it is so valuable to the children and actually for yourself too because you will observe things that you may have missed before. Right. So it's, it really is, uh, it is another learning time to be a teacher, to be a, a caregiver, to be a provider. It, it isn't um, just let them off on their own because you will play a very important role for helping all the children be included mm-hmm. and be successful. Yeah, I think, you know, I I just think back to my time in out in in the the workforce doing that work and being on the floor with children as they're playing and just providing little prompts or a question or, you know, oh, I wonder what this block would do. And then, you know, children, oh, let's just try it. And they'll take it and just add it to the tower and it may fall. It may not, but you're just there to extend and, you know, build on things sometimes, or you're just there to watch and observe. And so, you know, what are some things that you, when you think about observing a child in play, what are some things that you really want to watch for? um, If they're, when you're just kind of being that fly on the wall and those eyes. Well, I think really um, when you're observing kids, it's really important to, to sit near them so that you're just sitting there. You're not dominating anything. You're yeah. just kind of watching what they're doing. 
And the kinds of things you want to look for is what are they playing? What are they attracted to? What do they love? What are the toys they use? How do they pretend with them? Mm-hmm. Um, how do they relate to their friends that they're playing with? What kinds of things cause conflicts? Mm-hmm. And what builds their cooperation? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a funny story. When I was, I, this, this is when I was in graduate school. You'd think I would know the answer, but um, I was in a classroom of three year olds and they were fighting over a phone. At that point, it wasn't cell phones, it was actual <laughs> plastic dial phones. <laughs> but um, they were fighting over this phone and I was saying, well, I, we gotta, I gotta create a plan for them to share and take turns. And, and she looked at me and she says, just buy some more phones. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, because a phone is a hot commodity. It's a hot commodity. And yeah. it, it was such a lesson to me that, yes, you're observing this is such a popular toy. Right. I could buy a few more. Yeah. And it, you know, they don't need to learn to take turns with everything. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so anyway, so- that, that's the kind of things that you're going to observe. You're going to yeah. watch who gets left out. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about it? How do they try to come back in? And... um what are ways that I might be able to help them? You know, this helps you make some decisions about the next parts of the adult role. Yeah. And you know what, Sandy, what's what's coming through with what you're saying is, you know, we are kind of going back to what you said earlier that, you know, oftentimes when children are playing and they're engaged pretty successfully, that's our cue to, oh, sneak away and get all those other things done because we we are busy. We have a lot going on and we want to take those opportunities but what, when you're sharing all these things that you can notice in that observation time, it also reminds us that we are, that's that active learning that's going on in that setting. You know, you, you noted it in our earlier podcast, you know, there's so much happening in that interaction that we want to make sure that we're optimizing the opportunities for children. And that information that you're gathering through those observations is really helping you plan. Oh, I need to get more phones or, you know, one that comes to mind is cash registers in a toddler classroom or, you know, a grocery cart. We should have multiple of those. And, you know, just those kind of pieces that um, you're seeing when you said you see what they love. You know, if that one toy is really popular, how can you get a few other things maybe that you already have in your space to bring to that area so that other children can also interact and not just be arguing over that one thing, but mm-hmm. building the ex- the layers of play through exactly, exactly. So observer is one role that you can take, and um, it's I actually regard it as a very important role. Mm-hmm. It's a place to document too what they're learning, and it's a place to share what you're seeing with parents. Right. Right. Look at what they're learning. And it really increases that value of play. Mm-hmm. This another role that you play, and I every provider and teacher knows about this one is is what I call the stage manager, mm-hmm. where you are actually providing the props. You're setting up the the setting that they're going to be in, you know, and you're you you are making decisions beforehand about how you're going to encourage the children to play. Right. You are also. Um, providing props in the middle of play. So 
you're there, you're sitting there, all of a sudden they're, they, they're in the house and all of a sudden someone yells out, there's a fire, there's a fire, and they need a hose. Right, right. <laughs> so you would try and go find something they could use as a hose. Sure, yeah. So it, it pushes our creativity too. It does. And um, those, so that you're, you're available as they are developing this story and they need more props, you also are available and there and present in how you plan. Yes. And, you know, planning is so important because children, like I said in the first podcast, they play out what they see mm-hmm. and they need experiences to understand how to play. Yes. They they know about going to the doctor's office, but they may not exactly know what a doctor does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you provide props and things like that, like x-rays and lab coats and things like that to kind of help give them clues about what they're going to play in a doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. And, and it helps them gain confidence so that when they go, they're not frightened because of the unknown. They have that feeling of, oh, we did this. I know how, I know what that's for. And, and they get to experiment with those things too, and build that, that sense of um, mastery when they're experiencing new things. So I love that. That's beautiful. And I'm Um, just going to say one more thing. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Just, this is a very, the stage manager also thinks about literacy and math. Mm. And how do we integrate that into the play? How do we make signs that children can read? How do we put prices in the grocery store? All those sorts of decisions are part of the teacher or provider's responsibility. And actually, I I love doing that. It's really fun. It is really fun. And that goes back to, you know, play is really great for kids. And it's great for that adult because Mm -hmm. it brings us such joy when we can see So we make the time and use our energy to do the planning and the stage manager role, which brings us joy. And we set it all up and we and then we let the children, we add the children in. And when they're using those tools and those things that we spent time pulling together, it gives you that sense of of joy in the work of, oh, my goodness, look what's happening over there. And and also, you, you know, building, reminding you that. Your observation time is so important because it not only gives you information about the children, but it allows you that moment to step back as that caregiver to say, this is really working well. And we love it when things work well because they don't always work well. So we need to we need to build in those times for ourselves as a professional in the setting to really give yourself that pat on the back to say those props really did create an amazing play scenario today. And, and that was my work being planning, planful and, and mindful and, and building on what I've learned as a professional. You know, that's, that's a lovely thing, too, that brings us joy. Oh, yeah, it definitely does. And can you talk a little bit, Sandy, before we, as we kind of wind down, you know, the different um, roles that you can play as that adult, whether it's the, you know, co-player, as a, a facilitator, I mean, you know, that that's it's a tricky balance because we don't want to usurp some of their creativity by coming in and saying you should do it this way. But how do you play that role? OK, I'm going to talk about three things. One is uh, parallel play 
and I, I'm going to do this rather quickly because we all know what parallel play is. But one of the things that's very important, and I use this especially with very shy children, mm-hmm. really back down if you ask them direct questions mm-hmm. or feel like there's too much attention. I will I will sit down quietly by this child and play what they're playing. I may comment on what I'm doing. And um, it really brings them out. It gives them a feeling that they, this play is important. I am important. I am seen. Yes. But it doesn't scare them. <laughs> right. 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 That's beautiful. And then it uh, also helps with an active child. It will keep them there longer as mm. if an adult is playing beside them. Nice. And then the, the co-player is a, a player that comes in and enters the play as one of the roles. And they don't say this is the way it has to be done. You don't mm-hmm. really don't want to do that in play. No. But what they do is they influence the play by, let's say you're going to play the patient. Then you may say, I'm sick. Oh, I need my temperature taken. So you give little clues about what the children can do and how they can act out the role. Yeah. And so that's a... That's a that's particularly important if you are in a new play scenario and the oh. children need some help with right. Oh, them. good point. Yes. Yes. And the last one is being a play leader, where you really do come in, and that's usually you only use that if you, you have a child who's really having a hard time, and they really need help with that. But then the other thing is if you have a very new scenario, and then you can say, "Well, you play this, you play this, you play this role." And then you back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you may you may slip through all three of those roles. Absolutely. In, one, in the span of minutes, just based on what the needs are. and What the kids yeah. are doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's so true. It just, and I think that it just reminds us, all the things you're saying is, it reminds us that, you know, we have to be able to, um, convey to families who, when there's questions like you asked, you know, you noted in our earlier podcast, oh, they're just playing. Well, there's a lot going on there. And so when we're involved in that play, it allows us as that that adult and that caregiver who's taking care of that family's child to be able to say to them, oh my goodness, you know what I noticed today? You know, Josie was really engaged in the play. And last week, I had to be next to her on the ground playing near her. Today, she just came in. She went right in. She grabbed that stethoscope and she started to check the teddy bear's heart. We've come so far. You know, you're not going to have that kind of thing to share if you're not observing and watching and you're using that time to be doing other things. So finding that balance, I think, is the challenge for all of us in this in the role is what how you know what what parts of the day can you really give yourself to the play and making sure that you're planning that in always as part of your day and not forgetting it it's a very fine line sometimes yeah. too you don't want to dominate the play if you're mm-hmm. with the children but you also want to give guidance hints clues props whatever right yeah. right so I'm curious, and I would I would love to ask, I'm going to ask Sandy this question, and I would love to ask all of you listeners out there too. We're, we're interested in your feedback. Um, so what's your what's one of your favorite play experiences that either you've set up in your childcare setting or you've experienced over the years? Um, you know, I I think of times when um, you know, we I used to do a bakery in my classroom with, you know, Play-Doh and 
you know, it would make a huge mess because you'd always be scraping the carpet with one of those carpet fork things afterwards. But, you know, just providing children the opportunity to do. So you're doing that math with the cash register and they have to sell the items that they make. There's creativity because they're helping you make the signs for what, you know, as far as that literacy piece. What are some, what's the thing that stands out in your mind, Sandy, as far as a favorite? I'm, I know I'm throwing you a a curve here. A new question. <laughs> we did talk about this ahead of time, but I thought maybe you'd have something that would. Well, I I, I was uh, thinking about my my daughter's experience. Yes. She did with my three year old grandson, where he um he he went to the moon, yeah. and they built a rocket ship out of a box, and they painted it, and he talked about what things he wanted, and then he had a backpack for an oxygen pack with a hose that went to a little headpiece they had made for him and they put cushions on the floor and he just walked and did a moonwalk nice. <laughs> and, and he learned all about moon buggies, moon rocks, you know, all that. And right. um, it was very exciting. But I also want to say I made a mistake one time. I created yeah. a play scenario of an office Yeah. and none of the children knew what to do. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back and, what do they do in an office? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, and so your keen observ observer's eye was able to determine that you needed a little more information for them. That's to right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that, you know, in this field, we can take tons of time ahead of time and do a lot of planning and setup. And so if we don't put, build in that observation piece to see really how it's being used, we miss the boat. We miss the opportunity. But thank you, Sandra. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. Thank you. Well, and I appreciate all your expertise. And I know that um, we are going to have you back again to talk with us on many of the other topics that you have um, written about. And uh, I look forward to that. And all of you listeners out there, you can always reach us through our website, inclusivechildcare.org. We're grateful for your listening um, ears to these podcasts. We look forward to providing you with new topics all the time. So the way we learn about those topics that are needed, we hear from you. So reach out to us through our social media or our Ask an Expert or our intake. If you want coaching, we are here for you to support you in this work of caring for children. So thank you, Sandy, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.